0: The Right Hook Podcast. With the Mitsubishi Outlander business. The two seater commercial SUV with over 2,000 litres of cargo space, two
1: ton towing capacity, and legendary four wheel drive technology. MitsubishiMotors.ie. All right, welcome back to The Right Hook. It's time for uh, the Right Hook health checkup. Now, as you know, Kira Kelly is here every Monday, but even Kira takes holidays. So, I'm delighted to welcome, to have an expert of world renown, it's a great thrill, Professor David Jobes, is Professor of Psychology at the Catholic University of America in Washington, DC. Your questions to 53106. Professor Jobes, welcome to the programme. Now like all experts, um, you know everything about, about a particular thing. What do you know everything about?
0: Well, I've been in mental health, health, George, for about 30 years. And so I I know broadly about the topic. Um, I'm here in Dublin, uh, working with colleagues uh, in the area of suicide prevention, which is my area of expertise.
1: All right. Now, you're in Dublin because the Psychological Society of Ireland have invited you to speak at Trinity College Dublin tonight.
0: Yes, that's correct.
1: And, and you're going to be addressing this very issue.
0: Yes. So they've asked me to come talk about um, the topic of suicide prevention. Is there any hope for mental health? And uh, I have a resounding yes to that. There's a lot of innovation, a lot of developments in the field of suicide prevention in terms of assessment and treatment.
1: All right. Now, your text messages to 53106, the professor has very kindly agreed to look at some other questions as well. But remember, he is an expert in this, and all of us are touched by suicide, and, and many, many of us have suicidal thoughts. You probably know that, and it may well be a worldwide phenomenon, young men die by suicide. Is there a reason for that?
0: Well, the the gender differences, George, are are robust in this field. Uh, Men complete suicide about four to one in comparison to women, and women attempt suicide about four to one in comparison to men. Um, so there are very robust gender differences, for sure. So
1: women try it more often, mm-hmm. if we can use that rather crude phrase, but, but, but men are more successful at it, again, so rather speak. crudely, so yeah. to
0: speak. Yeah. Men tend to use more lethal means. In the States, uh, the number one method choice is guns. Of course, guns are pervasive in our society. Um, uh, but women tend to overdose where men tend to use guns, and it's very lethal, of course.
1: But the... The issue of um, suicide prevention, therefore, um, because you're a, a, a medical expert, you, you obviously think you can prevent it medically rather than socially or some other way of doing
0: it. Well, there are social and public health considerations, but and I don't think of it so much medically as a clinical psychologist. I think of it psychologically. So we do assessments, and we identify different kinds of suicidal states, and then we have psychological treatments to bring to those states and in an intervention that my group's developed.
1: But but that's all very well if somebody comes to you and says, Professor Jobs, you know, I'm thinking of, of, of dying by my own hand. Mm. I would imagine that most people... Don't go to anybody to tell them. So, so it's hard to have prevention, therefore, I would have thought.
0: Well, there's different kinds of ways of think about prevention. Um, in the States, we're very preoccupied and struggle around gun control. There's something called means restriction. So if we make lethal means less available, then the suicide rates drop. But that's a controversial issue back in the states, of course.
1: Yeah, but I I have to confess I have some experience. I tried to do it at one particular mm-hmm. point in my life, and we got plenty of water here, so so diving into the sea I thought might be a good idea. Mm. Um, so but the, the interesting thing, and and we funny enough, we had a, we had a talk on mental health on Friday morning, which I chaired. And and a young sportsman talked about it, and, and he said exactly the same thing, that you think about it, but you don't necessarily do it.
0: Yeah. In America, there are 8 million people that think about suicide, and our actual rate is about—our actual numbers are about 43,000. So it's a 10th leading cause of death, but the vast majority of people who think about it don't do it, George.
1: Yeah. Um, the, the, if it, some of these questions will obviously be – what about a, a history um, of, of depression? I mean, if you're looking at somebody who is, who is diagnosed with depression, is that a warning sign then? Are you sort of saying, I could have a problem here?
0: Possibly, but most depressed people by a lot don't take their lives. So there are millions of people with depression who never have any suicidal thoughts. Back in the States, out of out of a single day, 100 Americans will die. About 40 to 50 of them will have depressive disorder. So it is not synonymous that depressed people are always thinking about suicide. The vast majority don't.
1: But when you – because – you know, if if you think of my generation, you know, mm. who were growing up and went to school in nineteen fifties, you mm. know, if kids had problems in school in nineteen the fifties, then they were dumb, really. It was a pretty simple uh, diagnosis. They were mm. dumb. Now it seems to me there are too many diagnoses that they have ADHD or they have, de- you know, this that and the other thing. And um, what about a parent who's who's listening to this? And you have a you've a, a, a child who who, who has been diagnosed with one or other of theirs. Well, now, this scares the wits out of you as a parent.
0: Well, as a parent, I can say it is very scary and parents think their child turns 13 and suddenly they're going to be having plagued with all kinds of mental health issues and stresses. What the research shows is that most teenagers around the world do okay. There are rough moments, we can all recall. But when we're talking about a a diagnosable significant mental disorder, then that's a very serious thing. But there are natural developmental challenges that kids face. The thing that we know in the treatment of suicide is that treating the disorder doesn't really address it as much as focusing on suicide per se. So the effective treatments for suicide focus on ideation and behaviors, and that's a subset of the population of people that think about it.
1: But I, just last week there was a headline on the newspaper which said some staggering percentage of children have never climbed a tree. Now, that may seem a strange discussion in the middle of a discussion about suicide, mm. but, but but childhood's a very difficult place now, I would put to you, Dan, a childhood where your mother kicked you out of the house at 4 o'clock and said, mm. come home when it's dark for your dinner.
0: You know, everybody across the generations, everybody thinks that there never before have things been so challenging than they are right now. There's some merit to that, but there's also sort of the the, the bias around that. We, we know that there are developmental challenges that all kids around the world face. What we're doing right now in Oklahoma, in the middle of the United States, is actually identifying children under the age of 10 who have very serious suicidal thoughts. And we can treat them very effectively in just a handful of sessions, but a five-year-old, six-year-old, seven-year-old clearly stating that they want to take their lives. It's very alarming.
1: But how does a five or six year old I I mean, I'd like to develop that if you don't mind. Of course. I mean how does a five or six year old even where does the word you know, the even idea of ending their life come in?
0: We by our data, we have about thirty five kids in the United States who take their lives by the coroner's records. So it's not a great big number. But I'm here to tell you that there are a subgroup of children Five, six, seven years old, who say, I want to be dead, I can't stand living and when you when you see these children, it's astonishing. But they're very responsive to treatment if the parents take them seriously.
1: But but is that because there's something in their brain? Like to you, crude phrase. Please uh, forgive me. No. But but like that, there's a screw loose. If you know what I mean, in the brain. There might be, or is it because they live in a dysfunctional family, or uh, their parents have broken up, or bullying at school? Or I whatever. would say
0: the latter. I mean, there there might be a a, a genetic, you know brain uh, function issue, but I would say that they've saw, seen a TV show, or they've heard an adult talk like, like this way, or they, they've seen it in a movie, because it's hard to imagine in a five-year-old how they could get these words in their yes. mind.
1: Now, what you did say, by the way, my guest is one of the leading experts on suicide prevention, uh, Professor David Jobes, who's here as a guest of the Psychological Society of Ireland. Speaking at Trinity College tonight, Professor Jobes is at Catholic University in Washington, D.C. What you did say, which equally I found surprising, was you can fix it pretty quickly. How do you fix it pretty quickly? Well, it
0: goes back to your other question. When people come to us that want to be fixed— we can be remarkably effective with them. What we do is basically identify what we call drivers, which are the things that they say put their life in peril. And we can target and treat those drivers quite effectively.
1: But the 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 worrying feature, surely, for uh, uh, suicide in general, is the vast proportion don't give any indication. I mean, what I find always terrible, um, when I read about suicides, the parents, for argument's or the best friend, or or the husband or wife will say, "I never knew. There was no indication." Doesn't that make the whole issue of suicide prevention well nigh impossible?
0: I'm not sure, because with adolescents, they mostly do tell others. There are some out-of-the-blue suicides. I had a faculty colleague years ago who took his life who was literally across the hall. It was a shock to me. But among adolescents and young people, they do drop hints to people that just don't catch it or or after the fact realize, oh, that's what he meant when he said, I should just give up. So there is communication many times before suicides occur. There,
1: there as somebody who works in, in radio and journalism and so on, I I learned talking to mental health professionals that the way we write and talk about it is very important. Is that true? Like that we don't say commit suicide anymore and things like that. Is that very
0: important? The political correctness around this uh, certainly uh, goes far beyond Washington, D.C. We we like to change that language because it's like committing a crime. When people kill themselves for very legitimate reasons, pain or because people aren't paying attention attention to them, they have legitimate needs that oftentimes are missed.
1: What I mean the the thing about the Catholic Church, for instance, sure. you know, you didn't go to heaven if you were a suicide, you didn't, you couldn't get buried in consecrated ground. Sure. Although all that's now improved. What about
0: stigma? Well, stigma is alive and well, um, and certainly seeking mental health services, I'm sure in Ireland as well as the states, is is something that people do with trepidation, because it it, it puts a mark on them if they get hospitalized. Now they're officially a psychiatric patient. Uh, that's that's something that, that deters a lot of people from seeking help.
1: But but talking to somebody about something as, as big as this is enormous. Now, it's interesting, though. What about all these people? Clearly, when they, they listen to you, but what their main worry is that they're depressed. And what about that? You, you don't think depression is the number one reason.
0: It could be. That's why we focus on drivers. For some people, their depression makes them want to kill themselves. For most people, it's relationally based, George. A lot of it is vocation, what you do or being unemployed. Sometimes it's a financial crisis. So that's why my group focuses on drivers versus risk factors because drivers are idiosyncratic to that person. The thing in their mind makes it that they can't take it be- anymore. Because
1: we s- we saw in 20s, Wall Street, uh, people jumping out the window of skyscrapers. Sure. That was because their entire financial world had crashed around Absolutely. them. So financial drivers are are enormous.
0: Yeah, and we do see correlations in economic downturns and in inflation and people that live in that world. We we do a lot of our research with soldiers and our soldiers in the states have been deployed multiple times, and our suicide rates have gone through the roof. So there are psychosocial events that actually impact suicide rates, of course.
1: But the 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 issue of um, children. What about? I mean, for instance, a child who who is with a parent, and and that parent has 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 depression, or what somebody calls here a borderline narcissistic personality, who's very manipulative or controlling. Surely there must be key issues in relation. To young
0: suicides. Well, we know that depressed parents oftentimes have depressed children, and if the family is chaotic and the children are looking up to parents who are fighting or are themselves mentally ill, that's of course going to have a negative impact on the child. And a lot of times, the children learn from the parents what to do, what to say, and and, and mimic some of the behaviors that they see in their in their adult parents. Are
1: we too easy with the the pre- prescription of medications?
0: Well, I'm a psychologist, so I don't prescribe medication. I think the psychological treatments for suicide clearly are the most effective. And that's a controversial position, but the data is very clear that the psychological treatments for suicide are the best.
1: You know, was talking to somebody.
0: Uh, talking in a particular kind of way.
1: Yes, I accept that, but right. it's still about talking. It's not about a bottle or a
0: pill. It's about perspective shifting. People who are suicidal are oftentimes in depressed states where they can't see their way out of the situation that they're in. They feel trapped. And we engage in certain kinds of treatments, identifying their drivers, and we know how to treat those drivers. The person says, well, maybe i have to kill myself to get my needs met. And that's, that's, the, that's the piece that we want, in the foot in the door of that, to get them thinking, maybe there's another way that I can deal with my situation. But by definition, suicidal people feel trapped, like there's no other alternative. This is my only way.
1: Do you think religion has any role here? Do you think religion provides a support?
0: Well, uh, it's a deterrent for a lot of people. Um, in, ter- in terms of the Catholic Church, obviously, and, yeah. um, and you also see in other cultures that, that religion is used in the name of killing other people and killing oneself in terms of suicide bombers. So we do see religion and these cultural forces and the economy and all kinds of things playing a role.
1: All right, thank you so much for joining me. as Professor David Jobes, Professor of Psychology at the Catholic University of America Washington, D.C. Don't forget, Professor Jobes is in Trinity College tonight, talking at what time? Uh, I'm not sure. Later this evening, seven thirty. I got it. Seven thirty Irish it times. It's seven thirty Irish time and uh, uh, two thirty Washington DC time. Uh, my thanks to my guest. We'll have a morphia, including. Uh, by the way, the Samaritans number
0: is one one six one two three, and always keep it handy.